Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Greater Alton Church. My name is Tim, and I'm glad you could be here with us this morning. Beautiful weekend. It's been been a gorgeous uh, yesterday and today as well. And I uh, hope that uh, today you'll be glad you came and visited with us and, and worship with us today. If this is your first time here, we're glad you're here. You can pick up a free CD of today's lesson uh, out in the foyer. Just ask Megan, hey, I'm a first-timer, and she'll give you uh, today's lesson if you'd like to listen to it again. You can listen to this series and a lot of other lessons, uh, and there's a lot of other helpful things on our website at greateraltonchurch.com. Or org. I say com, org, org. That sounds weird. Okay, yeah, but that's all right. I'm not that computer savvy. Uh, there's a, if you have a bulletin, inside that bulletin is a lot of stuff that's going on. You'll notice a marriage retreat that's being offered, uh, as well as a couple of things um, uh, in, in the bulletin that, re, that are about the ladies' retreat that's coming up, in, uh, 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 the, coming up next month. Is that March? Yeah. Can you believe the, it's already February? And then uh, we're also having a church banquet next week, and it's very important that we all sign up we want to, I want to make sure there's some food for me to eat, because last time we didn't have enough food, and I ended up at McDonald's, man. So it was awful. So I was just saying, you know, let's make sure that everybody you know, sign up there at the Welcome Center, just to make sure you're signed up so we have a head count of who's going to be there. We're going to have a great time. The theme, of course, that's Valentine's weekend, so the theme is going to be on love, and we're going to also have a, a small devotional, a short devotional. And uh, and you, well, are you doing it, Tim? Well, we're going to have a short devotion, okay? And, and we're also going to have a church video. And so if you've got any pictures, any pictures you want to send uh, uh, to someone, it's, it's Matt uh, Gill's uh, email address. And I know many of you, if you're wondering what that is, I think it's M-T-T-H. Am I close, Matt? Is he here? Where are you at, Matt? Where are you at, Matt? Okay, what's your what's your email address again? I'll ultra M T T H W G I No G. That's it? At Oh, G L L. Okay. At Gmail dot com. Okay, I'm sure you all got that. Let me tell you what's happened to me today. I'll just, can I just set, a, set us aside a minute? I got up this morning. I'm driving down the road, and I look at my odometer. I kid you not. Six, 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 six. That's what it was today. Now, I know three sixes is bad, but five sixes, that's bad. So pray for me. Pray for me, okay? It was only that way for one mile, then everything was back to normal. So whatever that is. Um, anyway, uh, if you'd like to know more about Matthew's uh, email address, talk to somebody that knows it, and they'll, they'll get that to you. We just want to make sure everybody has a picture. You know, we don't want anybody left out. Um, we're in a series called, Who Do You Say I Am? And this is based on a question that Jesus asked his disciples. He didn't ask the world this. He asked his followers this question. So if you're somebody who believes in Jesus, you trust the Lord, it's a question you need to answer. That's questions for you as well. And it's from uh, the book of Matthew. Here it is up on the screen, I believe. Yeah, look at here. 
He says, what about you? After he asks, every, asks him, what's everybody say I am? Who do they say I am? He said, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say one of the prophets. Well, what about you guys? What do you think? What do you, who do you say I am? And, and, of course, Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. So, that, so they answered that question. I hope you can answer that question this morning. That's what we've been trying to answer in this series. Because what you think of Jesus matters. Doesn't what I, not what I think matters to you, what you think matters to you. And so I hope that through this series we get a better picture of who Jesus is about. Everybody's got a different picture of Christ. We have several generations here. And we all remember probably a painting or a drawing of Jesus growing up. You know, there's the kind... I remember going to an old Methodist church in the country and you had Jesus standing at the door going, kind of looking at you like, there's no doorknob on the outside because you can only open the door of your heart from the inside. I get it. Oh, that's cool. Wow, I like that. Lily white, about six foot four, nice long hair. Now in the 70s, long hair, well, you got in trouble for that a lot of times. And My dad believed Jesus should have had a crew cut. Um, of course, you know, when I was growing up in the 70s in high school, you had the Jesus who was like that hippie dude with the van in the background. He's got his thumb up like, God is cool. And of course, uh, later, you'd have, well, Jesus looks too wimpy, so let's make him a little, beef him up a little bit. He's a carpenter's son. So based on that assumption, we're going to make him look like he's been working with wood. And so he's got the, the you know, neck, you know, it's just head, no neck, ripped ready to go you know and then you have then then later on somebody come up with this this picture of jesus he looks more like a terrorist he's kind of scary looking he's doing that looking oh. you're like oh my gosh who is that that's jesus that's the way we think he was well he looks just like a everyday run-of-the-mill middle eastern guy and the bible does say there wasn't anything about his outward appearance that made us go wow there's brad pitt or wow there's a good-looking guy he just Blended in with everybody else. Did you know there's 200 different names for Jesus? A little over 200 different names for Jesus. And they, and they all, these names describe things like from his title to his status uh, to uh, his ministry, what he was here for. And, um, and so there's all these different ideas and all these different names. And we're not going to look at all 200. This series is going to be 200 sermons. I mean, we'd be here for what? Four years almost. You know that? Of course not. But we are looking at a lot of these, these ideas, all these ideas that's in the Scripture to give us an idea, a total picture of who Jesus is about. Because it matters. It matters what you think. Everything you do, everything that you think about, everything you do, your strategy, your plans, everything, is based on your concept of Jesus when you stop and think about it. It, it, it affects it in one way or the other. Martin Luther one time said the, the mystery... The mystery of the incarnation of, of, of God in Jesus Christ is probably the greatest mystery of all. It's hard for us to get our mind wrapped around it. Now, I don't know how you are, so I'm just talking to me right now. And maybe you identify with this some, but a lot of times our concept of Jesus is he's the Son of God. Is there anything wrong with that, Tim? No. But there's another 190-some names that describe Jesus. And too often we get this idea, he's just the Son of God and that's all. And yet the Bible, 
The Bible tells us and shows us that Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man more than any other term. Now, you'd think Jesus would want to call himself, who are you? I'm the Son of God. Uh, The Son of God does this. And he does talk about himself being the Son of God. But did you know he talks about himself as the Son of Man 90, almost 90 times in the Gospels? He refers to himself as the Son of Man. What does this mean? He's the Son of Man. Well, it's an ancient way of saying, I'm a human being. I'm just a human being. If you wanted to know, if you wanted to say, how do I describe what a human being is? You'd call him a son of man. So Jesus is saying over and over, guys, he's saying it over and over and over again, I'm a human being, I'm a human being, I'm a human being. Why is that so important? Why is he saying that? You say, oh, okay, so you're saying he's a human being. So he's kind of like uh, half human, half God. He's kind of like Hercules. Hercules was half human, half God. He's not Hercules. Jesus was not half God and half human. He was 100% God and 100% human. And I know that adds up to 200%. That's what I'm saying. It's, it, it's hard for us to get our mind around that. But when you read the Scriptures, the Bible teaches us that Jesus was 100% God and 100% human at the same time. Isn't that something? So I guess you could say he's like Superman then. No, he's not like Superman. He's not an alien that just come to this earth, okay? Yeah, he had superpowers, you know, x-ray vision, fast as a speeding bullet, you know. No, no, he's not that. So what are you saying, Tim? Is he, is he God in disguise? That's what you're meaning. He's God in disguise because he's using all these superpowers, you know, feeding people, walking on water, resurrecting people, and healing the sick. I want you to know, I don't believe Jesus used superpowers. I don't think he had any superpowers. If he did, he wouldn't be human. Do you have superpowers? Hello? I know I just messed with you. I know you want, Jesus had superpowers? What are you talking about? I don't think he had superpowers. I think he had his power from something else. If If he is not totally human, then what do we... Why does he call himself that? Why does he keep telling people, the Son of Man, I'm the Son of Man, the Son of Man. Look at this, look at at here. He even connects the Son of Man with his deity lots of times in the Bible. Let me give you some examples here up on the screen. Let's see some of those, Pat. Can you see them? Have you got them? There we go. He goes, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Whoa, time out. He's saying, I'm a human and I have the authority to forgive sin. You see his deity? And his humanity, don't you? They're together. And yet he says, I'm the son. He, goes, he calls himself the Son of Man. You can see why people are getting bothered with Jesus now. I'm a human being that's deity. What? Yeah, look at this other one. The son of, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Look at this next one. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. And he is, he is referring to the Messiah. That He's the Messiah. I'm a human being from God on a mission. But look at this next passage. This is the one that really twisted people. But I say to all of you, and He's talking to the Jewish community, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and everybody else you see, 
And it says, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. He just claims to be God. And he says, I'm... You can see the confusion. And they, after, by the way, after that statement, that's when they really hated him and they wanted to kill him. So why does Jesus do this? Nearly 90 times in the Gospels, refer to himself as the Son of Man. Of all the things he could call himself, he calls himself the Son of Man the most. I just find that fascinating. And where's the relevancy? How could this be any... What would, what, would, what would be the purpose of telling me that he's human all the time? Why does he keep bringing up this humanity? There's a reason. Let me give you three. The first one is because the Son of Man understands me. If I want to know something about anything about Jesus' humanity, he's saying, because I'm a human being, Tim, I know. I get you. How do you feel when you know somebody gets you? You know what I'm saying? They, they get you. They understand you. You can start a sentence and they can finish it. You don't have to explain yourself. In fact, if you try, you just start talking about what's going on, they're already nodding their head because they identify, they relate to it so well. Look at this passage here. This is in Hebrews 4. It's at the bottom of your list of Scripture at this point, I believe. And look at this passage here in Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. For our high priest, and he's talking about Jesus, is able to understand our weaknesses. And if you want, could you underline that for me? For you. He was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. Wow. There's nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus Christ. 100% human and 100% God that could live in a broken world and not sin. That could be tempted in every way and not, and not sin. That is amazing. Let us then, look what he says, feel very sure. Oh, underline that. That's good right there. Feel very sure that we can come before God's throne where there is grace. There we can receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it. What's he talking about here? He's saying, I get you. The Hebrew writer is saying, Jesus Christ understands because he was, he was made human in every way and he understands. And you can feel secure that whatever you're going through, he knows he can relate to it. I got to thinking, when I, when I know somebody can understand, that understands me, my wife understands me better than anybody on earth. How she puts up with me. I can be such an idiot, and she will agree. And she, she's holding back going, Amen to that! You know, you know. But I mean, there's times when I just go, I don't know how to, Denise, I feel this, I, I don't even know how to feel. And she's sitting there going, uh-huh, mm-hmm, I get you. All my quirks, all my inconsistencies, all my weirdness. Isn't it awesome when you got somebody that understands you and accepts you with all your weirdness? He goes, you are weird, but I still love you. That is one weird idea, Tim. What's wrong with you? But I love you. They still get, you know, they still, I'll come in, I go, I just, you've had a bad day. How did you know? I can just see it on your face. Tell me about it. Well, blah, 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 blah. And I probably sound like that Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. And she's sitting there going, she gets it. I don't have to explain it. It's an awesome feeling to know somebody understands you. 
Soldiers understand this when they come back from battle. When they come back from a tour of duty, there's this, they call it a band of brothers because they've all been through it. They've all been through it together. Families who have children that have special needs, whether it be autism or some kind of, some kind of physical or mental issue, they connect best with others that have the same issue. Am I right? They, they, they have this bond, this kinship. I was with Stephanie yesterday, and Danny, we decided to go out and have lunch together, and, and we were talking about the halftime show with uh, Katy Perry. Oh, my gosh, I could listen to her all day. I know she's got bad songs, but, man, there's some of them. I just go, when she says, when she talks about Roar and sings that song, Roar, and, that, and it's at the halftime show, I'm sitting on the front row at SIUE, this huge screen, and she's bellering that thing out, and the tiger or the, the lion's walking. I'm going, how did they make that? I want one of those. And then it rears up on its feet, and she's like, you're going to hear me roar. Oh, 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 oh. You know? And I'm like, yeah, man! I did. I was with Kevin. Kevin was sitting right beside me going, you are weird. <laughs> Do you see what she's doing? She's flying through the air. She's amazing. And, and Stephanie's telling me that, you know, that that's kind of the theme song now that a lot of people that are going through cancer are embracing is this Katy Perry song. And they're taking chemo while they're listening to this song and high-fiving and, and like going, I'm going to fight this to the end. You're going to hear me roar. And cancer survivors and cancer patients and abused people, you know, we all have those that circle, don't we? And they've all went through it too. And there's a special bond, a special kinship. It's like, you get me. You can relate to what I'm going through. I gotta ask you something. Does God ever get that feeling from you? Do you ever go, God, you you get me? Can you say God gets me like my best friend does? Does God ever get to experience that from you and know that you know He understands? Because He understands you more than you understand you. I don't want, listen guys, if I was to be honest with you, I'm not interested in talking to somebody who's got it all together. Am I right? I don't want to talk to somebody who never has a problem. You're going to talk to me about a problem you don't even understand. You've never been through it. I was with Jerry Cherry, Bob and I, Bob Hawkins and I went to visit Jerry Cherry. This guy is trying to recover from leukemia. He's, he's been in the hospital for seven weeks. And he's lying in bed at this Brighton nursing home, this care facility, and it's not the best. I'm walking in, walking through, and I'm seeing people twist, their bodies all twisted up in wheelchairs, staring off into space, you know, wouldn't look you in the eye, and it smells, that smell. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? And we're looking for Jerry Cherry, and this woman says, well, she lives, she's down here at this room, and Bob goes, no, no, it's not a woman, it's a guy. Jerry Cherry? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's down here. And so we walk down to this room, and there he is lying there and just miserable. And I, I got a text that was saying, he's depressed. Get over there. And so Bob and I are going to go try to cheer him up. He's been told 
that um, 9 out of 10 people recover from this leukemia. He's been told 75% chance of being completely cured. These are the things he's been hearing, but you wouldn't know it. He's lying there. He's just weak, weak. So Bob and I are going, okay, we've got to get this guy moving. Because the sooner he can get out of bed, the sooner he can get out of that place. Because he's got to get his strength back up for the next round of chemo. And so we're there, and Jerry's sitting there, you know, and Sherry's sitting there holding his hand, and I'm talking to him, and I'm going, you know, Jerry, you know, I'm trying to make him laugh, which I'm, I think I can do. I make a lot of people. You, if, you, if you have surgery, you don't want me to come and see you. Most people go, don't do that. I'm going to split a stitch. I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'm here to, you know, I'll come in going, I am here to encourage you. Let us pray right now. Why? Why? I'm here to encourage you. You know, I'll mess with you when you're in the hospital. And so with Jerry, I'm having, we're talking. I'm telling him stories and silly stories that's happened to me. And he's laughing. And he's starting to wake up and starting to get a little coherent. But you can tell he's depressed. He's discouraged. And I go, and I say, Jerry, and, and of course, I'm doing really good. I think, man, I'm really getting somewhere. And I, I step in it. You know, Jerry, you're not as sick as you think you are. You can get out of that bed. And he looks at me and goes, Tim, you don't know how sick I was. You know what I had to say? I don't know how sick you were. I've been in bed for seven weeks. And I don't have the strength to lift my head. I know i got to get out of this bed. I know i got to get walking around so I can get out of here. I don't want to be here another second. And so we talk about different things, you know. And, and then Sherry brings up Dairy Queen and his eyes light up. Dairy Queen? We can go to Dairy Queen? Why, yes, yes, we can go to Dairy Queen. And between Jesus and Dairy Queen, Jerry gets out of his bed and starts trying to walk. I kid you not. And he's, I don't know if it's the Sunday or the Savior. I'm either one. Doesn't matter. He's going and he's moving around back and forth. And then, but see, I step in it and I go, Jerry, you're right. I, 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 don't, I don't know how sick you were. But he's better than he was. And I don't know how to say it. And that's why Bob Hawkins is there. He goes, Jerry, I've got this little exercise machine, and I first got it, 30 seconds is all I could get on it. That was it. And now, the other day, my legs were hurting. i got to get back up on that machine. So I got up on it, and Jerry, I've worked up to 7 minutes and 30 seconds. And I'm going, I wish I'd have thought of that. The thing is, the reason I don't think of it is because I'm not going through what Jerry has gone through. I don't, I, I've not had many times where I've been real weak. And Bob's going, I know what you're feeling. And Jerry's like, so what do I do? You've got to get out of bed. You've got to start working. You've got, you just got to keep going. And if you get you know, enough strength going, they'll say get out of here. You can go home. See, what I saw was, Jerry read from me, you don't get me. But from Bob, he looked at him and went, you get me. And, does it, and you know what happens when somebody gets you? The, doesn't the, doesn't the, uh, the guard kind of just drop and you can relax and be yourself? And don't you find yourself listening a little bit more to that person than you would anybody else? Because it seems like their words have a little more credibility. Why? They have a little more wisdom. Why? Because they have something called experience that goes with it. I want you to know this morning, 
Jesus says, he had to remind us. He has to remind us again and again and again, I'm the Son of Man, I'm the Son of Man. Why, Jesus? Because I want you to know I get you, Tim. If you ever think, oh, God didn't go through this, want to bet? I went through it because I was 100% human. You can count on it. Look at this next verse here. It says here, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. He says, I'm of the same family. I'm your relation. You know, my family understands me like say more than anybody else. Nathan and I can have a conversation. And he, he's like, Dad, it's like we're on the same page. I wonder why. We think alike. Why do we think alike? Matthew and I can be talking. Why, why do we connect? We can think alike. Why do we think alike? Because we're in the same family. And so Jesus is telling you and I, the Hebrew is telling you and I, that Jesus Christ is related to you and can relate to you. See, we get this idea that Jesus can't. Like I told you before, I, 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 to be honest, I don't want to talk to somebody who can't relate to me. I, I'm not as interested in talking to them as I would someone else. And we get this idea of Jesus kind of like that, that he's so perfect. You know, we get the, I don't know if it's the movies of Jesus that do this to us. I'm not sure what it is. But whenever you see Jesus, you get everybody else kind of going, oh, what are we going to do? And he walks in and doesn't, doesn't even stutter or doesn't stammer. You know, he, and he talks good and he walks good and he looks good. Well, of course, he's Jesus. He's supposed to do all that. We just take the humanity right out of him. Because a lot of us here will go, well, I don't look good, I don't walk good, I don't talk good, I don't act good, I'm a mess, and, and Jesus can't identify with me because He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man, which means He was totally human. What are you trying to say, Tim? I'm saying that Jesus got sick. And I don't believe Jesus was good looking based on Isaiah 53. It says that people would turn their heads away from Him. He looked like a root out on dry ground, out of the soil. He wasn't good looking. And we get this idea, well, he walked on water, he feeds thousands of people, and he's sinless. And I want you to know that we, we wouldn't dare think of Jesus stuttering or, or stammering or drooling or heavens for, heaven forbid that we picture Jesus with boogers. Oh my gosh, no! He didn't have boogers, did he? See, we don't want to talk that way. That's sacrilegious. Listen, guys, I think this, this fear of being sacrilegious, yeah, we need to respect Jesus. But sometimes we just, we're so focused on His deity, we don't see His humanity. He was born of the same family. He has this, he has, he, where we can relate to Him. It says here in Hebrews 2, for this reason, He had to be made, we may, he, had to be made um, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order, what? That he might become a merciful, that's understanding, to become a merciful and faithful, that's truth-telling, high priest in service to God, that, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those being tempted. I want to say it again. Do not let the deity of Jesus Christ get in the way of His humanity. 
Don't clean him up so much. Yes, he's, he's God in the flesh. Hallelujah. Praise God he's God in the flesh. And he, and he is the son of a living God. I'm, don't ever forget that. But don't let it crowd out that he is a human being for your sake. And he can understand you. He is able. Why? Because he knows what it's like to be you. You see, Jesus was born too. He was born. And yes, I don't mean to... He pooped his diaper. He did. He spit up. He did these things. Somebody had to take care of him. He was helpless. And if those parents hadn't took care of him, he may have died. He had to learn to talk and walk like anybody else. I know a lot of times we... You know, I get, I, I don't, I, my imagination runs with me sometimes. I get this idea around Joseph and Mary. You know, and then he walks out of the room, okay. And he starts talking in perfect Hebrew. And he can walk around and rearrange the toys. I'm going to mess with mom and dad, you know. Get back in the crib when they walk in. How'd those get moved, Joseph? He's an amazing kid. He had to talk. He, do you think he fell down as he learned to, to walk? You didn't think he had the wobblies going there? Of course. What kid doesn't? He was no exception. His voice went up and down during puberty, too. Jesus knew what it was like to be sick. How, no, no, Jesus was never sick. Really? You, you think it, he, was, he, he went through all of life and never got sick? Colic? Anything? Are you kidding me? The Bible says he was familiar with suffering. And it wasn't watching somebody else suffer. He personally experienced it. Of course he, he got sick. He knew it was like to be tired. He knew it was like to be frustrated. He knew it was like to be afraid. You don't, you're telling me Jesus Christ, when he was a kid, was never afraid of the dark or lightning? He was learning all this just like you and I would. Otherwise, he's not really human. He understands what it's like to be angry and to be tempted and to suffer loss. The great thing is, he never sinned. He never sinned. You see, he's the Son of Man because he wants you to know he says it over and over again. I want you to know something. I want you to know I can understand everything that's going on in your life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't have to know. I just know it happens. It's happening all the time. My life, your life. And when you wonder if anybody can understand, it's Jesus Christ. And guys, He, he wants you to know He can understand so you can trust when He gives you counsel and direction and information, you can trust it. You can trust it because He's been there too. It says here, uh, let's just look at the second one. There's another reason He calls Himself the Son of Man. It's because He shows me how to live. He's the Son of Man. He's a human being, God in a human form, to show me how to live on this earth. You know, God looks at... God was looking at this world. You know, he had it really, things were going great in the Garden of Eden. And then some, you know, it happened. Crazies happened. Fruit, the forbidden fruit is eaten. 
And like someone said once, then it just got Jerry Springer for the rest of life. You know, everything just got all messed up. And so God sees this and he says, what am I going to do? I know what I'll do. I'll come down to this earth as a human being to save them and to show them how to live in this broken earth. See, Jesus shows me, when I look at him, look at this passage up here on the screen. It says here, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. I want you to look at that real close there. This is, by the way, the passage, the theme for the ladies' retreat. What I want you to notice is that word suffered and example. They're connected. That the steps he left were, were created by his suffering as a human being. See, suffering is connected to humanity in this passage. Suffering is connected, is, is referring to his humanity. And so he sees us all broken. He sees, he sees how things are messed up, and he says, I'm going to come down here and not only save you from this, I'm going to come as a human being and show you how to live in this cesspool, how to live in this world that's broken and busted, how to live in my kingdom as it's on this earth. What are you talking about specifically, Tim? Well, Jesus is going to show me how to love people, how to forgive, how to make godly decisions, how to make the best choices. He's going to show me you know, how to respond when I'm disappointed or I'm in pain. You know, guys, right now we're studying the book Jesus. A lot of you are reading through that book. And we're looking at the, specifically at the Gospel of Luke. Many of you are doing that as well. And I just want to encourage you, as you're looking at how Jesus does things, as, as he's working God's will in his life, pay, particularly, pay particular attention to how he treats people. Sometimes I'm st- I study the Gospels. I'm, I, I can get into this rut where I'm studying the Gospels and towards, I want to see how it benefits me personally. And forget that it's really be about becoming like Jesus. And so really pay attention to what's he do with people. Not only how does he handle the will of God, but how does he, what does he do with people? How does he treat them? How does he talk to them? What's he do when he's disappointed with them? Because that's your world my world, huh? All the time. All the time. Jesus came to help me with my relationships, see? He shows me how to take care of my body, and he shows me how to treat others. Now, you might be in, a little intimidated about in, imitating Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You might find that imitating Jesus, Jesus is a little intimidating. For example, some people, you may feel like this. You know, me imitate Jesus, the Son of God? Are you kidding? That's impossible. And you'll hear somebody say, no, no, it is possible. No, it's not. It can't be. That's, that's impossible, Tim. I can't be like him. I'm not able to live the way he did because he was the Son of God. See, you need to realize you can live like him because he's also the Son of Man. No, I don't know, Tim. Every time I see Jesus at a gym, he kind of goes, tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. He uses some of those superpowers. And I don't have superpowers. I don't believe Jesus used his superpowers. Not his. I think he gave them up. So how was Jesus able to do all that, Tim? And by the way, bring you me in the fence post. I'm not interested in walking on water. 
I'm just interested in getting along with people. I'm not, I'm not interested in feeding thousands of people, you know, with, with a miracle. I just like to get over a habit that just haunts me all the time. Anybody here like that? No, good. Okay, I'm not by myself. Me and Alan. Okay, we're good. Everybody agrees, it seems like. Okay. You know, but, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I want power for that. And I don't have it. There, done. Smoking's over. Where's another pack? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this partying, this, this junk I'm doing. I, 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 it's now behind me. Oh, look, I got a text. I, Paul said, he said, didn't he say in Romans 7, I, I, don't, I do what I don't want to do? I got this fight and this battle and I'm losing it. Well, Paul, grab yourself by the bootstraps. Use some of that superpower you got. I don't have any superpower, Tim. You're an apostle. I don't have superpower and neither do you. Well, what about Jesus? He didn't have me. If he did, then he's cheating. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You read those passages. Well, the reason he, somebody says, you need to forgive like Jesus did. Well, the reason he could is because he cheated. He cheated? Yeah, he used some superpower. I don't have that. So I'm off the hook. No, Jesus is a perfect illustration of what to do when you don't have superpowers as a human being. Well, I, I think there's a hint here. He's, he calls himself the Son of God. Hmm. Son of God. He gets something from his Father. It's God's power. It's his Father's power that he gets. What are you talking about, Tim? Well, let's read some Scripture and maybe we can get somewhere with this point. It says here, Jesus told him this in... in uh, in John 14, I'm going to read a couple of verses before it gets to your notes, part, the part in your notes. Jesus told them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except through me. If you had already known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip goes, wait a minute. Well, show us the Father. And we'll be satisfied with that. And what's Jesus say? Have you been? Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? He says, don't you believe that, listen, that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own. Jesus, whoa, 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 whoa. These aren't your words? No. They come from another source. They're not mine. I agree with them. Yeah. But I get these from somewhere else. I didn't make this up. They're not my own. But my Father who lives in me, he's talking about in my body, does His work through me. You seeing what I'm seeing? Jesus says, I didn't do anything on my own. I didn't even talk on my own. I got my power from someplace else. I got it from my dad. I got it from my father. You see, there's something in this passage. I notice that the disciples are confused. 
they see the humanity of Jesus so much <laughs> that he has to explain. He really he got the point across to those guys. They saw his humanity. And he says, but you understand, the reason I'm able to do anything is because I have not my own powers, but my Father's power in my life. Guys, Jesus shows you and I how to have the power of God by being a human being, by, by being that son of man. And he, he also is able, he's, a, he, he's able to do whatever he does because he depends on God. And see, that's what we need to, we need to get. That's what we need to learn. Jesus did not cheat. He was just faithful. So what's my problem, Tim? Well, let's look, let's look a little more here. Maybe we can figure this out. Look at what Paul says. The good news is about God's Son. Jesus Christ our Lord, as a human, He was born from the family of David. But through the Holy Spirit, He was shown to be God's powerful Son when He was raised from, the de- from death. So He was born as a human through the line of David. That's where He got His DNA. But he got his power through the Holy Spirit. Who raised Jesus from the dead? Did Jesus raise himself from the dead? I'll never forget that little kid, four-year-old kids. They were asking kids, you know, what did Jesus say when he came out of the tomb? Tomb, And the kid said, ta-da! <laughs> I like that joke. But did he do it himself? Was he like Houdini? Working the working the shrouded turn out, you know, working the chains or whatever, and and, and he comes out, rolls the stone away, and then I in two minutes, good job. No, three days. Oh, it took you a while, but I'm out. What's what's? Did he do it himself, or was it done for him? This is very important. If he done it himself, he's cheating. But if he relied on someone else, he's a perfect model for you and I perfect model of how to have the power, the superpower of God in our life. See, the power came from the Holy Spirit, from His Father. And Jesus wants me to see this, that I can have as a human being, just like He, access to this power. I know this is messing with us this morning. It's messing with me. Let me, let me go give you another one here. Here's a passage where God gives you and I permission to have an attitude. Look what it says here. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Oh, really? That's the attitude? Yeah, that's the attitude. Here's the attitude you need to have. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Is that giving up his superpowers? That's giving up everything. His status... He just gave up a bunch of clouds. No, he didn't. He gave up everything, equality with God. He lets it all go. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He was a slave, and on top of that, to illustrate it, he became a human being. When he appeared in human form, what's he do? As a human being, he decides again. I humbled my, He humbles himself in obedience to God, and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And whose glory? The glory of God the Father. Who raised Him? Who raised Him? Jesus modeled who He depended on. And notice, there's two things I want you to see here. This is very important for us to get. Because it's at the root of our problem and at the root of our solution. Okay? What are you talking about, Tim? Jesus made two decisions in Philippians 2. Only two that would change our lives if we do the same thing as human beings. He did it as a human. And if we'll do it as a human, incredible things can take place. What are they, Tim? What did He do? He humbled Himself and He obeyed. That's too simple. Try doing it. Because I tell you guys, it ain't natural for us to be humble. Did, did we learn to be prideful and have egos? Yeah. Who did it? Mom? Dad? Everybody. We all got the virus. So our kids get the virus. We get the virus and we pass it on. Pride. Independence. Rebellion. I've said this before. You know, rules are made to be followed. Followed. Hello. Wet paint. It sure was. Look at that. It's wet. Don't touch. Wet. Keep off the ground. What? You know, we. I remember when I was a senior in high school seeing the Kennedy grave and they had soldiers all around it and saying, you know, you can't touch anything, don't take anything. And I took two or three holly leaves off the holly that surrounded Kennedy's grave. I could have went to jail. I took some grass right off of his grave. I still have them. I still got them. I was a teenager. You know, I found out whether you're 16 or 26 or 76, we all got the problem. Ego, pride. And why can't we just humble out? Well, Jesus humbled out. He cheated. No, He showed me. This is what you do, Tim. He humbled Himself and became obedient, even a criminal's death, which was means when life was unfair, He still obeyed God. When it didn't make it... Guys, think about this. Jesus, what's He doing at Gethsemane? Father, is there any way You can take this cup from me? Is He wanting to do this? He's struggling, isn't He? He's tempted to not do it. But what's he say? By talking to his God. By getting this, this encouraging, powerful encouragement from prayer. But not my will, but yours be done. And he does it. He does it. Somewhere in John 14, I want to say 30 through 31, it says something like this. I've got more to tell you. But I've got, I haven't got much more time. To, Jesus is talking to his disciples. I haven't got much more time to tell you some things because the prince of this world is coming and he's going to attack me. But don't worry. He isn't going to be able to get a hold of me. But the world must learn this, that I love the Father and I've come to do exactly what he says. Humility and obedience. And he says the world's got to learn this. And it's not just, oh, yeah, Jesus, I'm sure glad you did that. Well, you know, I want you to know, He wants you to do the same thing. He wants you to follow in His steps. He suffered for us to follow in these, ste- in these steps of His. And yes, it's, a ste- it's steps of a life of humility. He humbled Himself. So guess what? You've got to humble yourself. You've got to let go of that ego. That I'm going to take charge. Uh, um, 
Right now in the Godfrey Church of Christ, they're preaching about the ruin of ego. And you look in the scriptures, you, there's, a, there's a, Bobby Fischer was, 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 was uh, interviewed one time. He's the greatest chess player ever lived. And he says there's this moment when you're sitting as a chess player and you know you've got the guy and he's down there looking at the moves and, he, and you're waiting, just waiting. Because you know, as soon as he sees it, he's going to go and look up at you. And he knows I'm ruined. It's game is over. And when are we going to realize on our own, we're ruined? God's just waiting for us to look up. Lord, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, Tim, that's wonderful. I'm glad you finally figured that out. It only took you 50-some years. What do I do now? You obey me. But I don't understand it. Obey me. I don't like it. Obey me. I'll get hurt. Obey me. Just obey me. The pattern is clear. Following in the steps of Christ. Humility, obedience, then glory and reward. It won't happen the other way. So he's human to show us this, 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 this idea of this is how I'm to live. And number three, finally, he becomes the Son of Man because the Son of Man confirms that God deeply loves me. It just confirms, not only that he loves me, but deeply loves me. How's that? Because it takes a human sacrifice to satisfy God's wrath, God's punishment for sin. An animal can't do it. It takes a human being. And you and I aren't clean enough. We're not clean enough to pay for our sin. Even when we die. Guys, let's think about this. If your death would pay for your sin, then when you die, you'd go straight to heaven. But we know that's not true. You can die and still owe God. It doesn't satisfy it. It takes a perfect sacrifice to do that. You and I, we're not even close. So Jesus says, I'll come 100% human, 100% God. I'll go through all of the stuff that man has went through. I'll be tempted. I'll be hurt. I'll be taken advantage of, rejected. Any kind of, I'll get sick. I'll, I'll know everything there is about man. What a God we have that would do that. Step out of heaven to experience that. So you, for your benefit, my benefit, just to know he understands. But most of all, He takes care of our biggest problem by being a human being. A problem you and I can't do. Can't take, do anything with. This idea, you know, we have, He saw our condition and said, you guys owe, Tim, you owe more than you can pay. Let me make it up. Let me take care of it. Look at the Bible says here. Christ loved us and offered His life for us as a sacrifice that pleases God. God saw our condition, saw your condition, saw what's going on, sees what's going on. You know, He does before you're even born. He goes, You know what? It breaks my heart. And I'm going I'm to do something about this. Something that will change it, change a person's life forever. It takes a human to do that, a, a perfect human. And He was perfect. Hebrews 10 says it this way Christ came to the world. He said to God, You're not, you do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. There's that human reference. God wants a body, see? 
you're not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I've come to do your will, O God, as is written about me in the Scriptures. And verse 10 says, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all time. Guys, I want to tell you something. Somebody once said this. Don't know who said it one time. They said, if we needed information, God would have sent a teacher. If we needed technology, God would have sent a scientist. If, if we needed, if we needed uh, money, God would have sent an economist. If we, if we needed pleasure, then God would have sent an entertainer. But what we needed was mercy, so God sent a human being and made him a savior. That's why he came. And if he hadn't come in a human form, I, I wouldn't know he understood me. I wouldn't know he could identify with me. I wouldn't even know how to, the next step to do if it weren't for Jesus Christ living a human's life. See, an animal can't pay for this because an animal is 0% human. It takes somebody that's 100% totally human, and that was Jesus Christ. 1 John 4.10 says this as we close. This is what real love is. This I know He really loves me. It's not our love for God. It is God's love for us. He sent His Son to die in our place to take away our sins. He comes to this earth. We, we, we say it so quickly anymore. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, John 3.16 sometimes just gets overused, doesn't it? But He did come. God so loved the world that He sent a human being named Jesus Christ, 100% human, to die in your place. What are you going to do? Who do you say the Son of Man is? What does knowing this stuff today, how is it going to change you? Will you humble out? Quit fighting? Quit rebelling? And just obey? You've got a great example to follow. Why not let the Son of Man encourage you this morning? He deeply loves you. And He understands. There's a card in your bulletin. It's just an opportunity for you to write. If you want to write a prayer request, we have a, peop- we have a prayer team, a prayer ministry, where they divvy up these cards, just a few to each person, and all they do is pray for you. They don't call anybody and say, guess what so-and-so did last week. That's none of, no one's business but them and God. You know? And if you want to write down, I've, I've, this is what I've been doing, or this is what I need help with, let, they'll talk to God about it. They'll talk to God about it. If you want somebody to talk to you, write it down. I need somebody to talk to me. And somebody will. Maybe there's a decision you need to make this morning. I need to have a, I need a personal Bible study. I need a little, little bit more about this whole idea. What's this about, about being a Christian? Or if you're interested in what this church is about, we have a class we're going to be offering called FYI. And just write on that card, I'm interested in FYI. And you can know a little bit more about what Greater Alton is about. But maybe you're hurting. I know some of you here, and I say it again, I know some of us here, we have family or friends just giving us the business. 
And you wonder if Jesus would understand rejection? Of course He does. And you can, you, can, you can be so confident and feel so secure that you'll find mercy and you'll find direction at His feet. Why not? Why not make a decision to talk to somebody and say, I need some help with this. I don't know how to process this. What's the Bible say about something like this? And let the Son of Man help you. Let's, we're going to pray here and uh, sing a song, let you have some time to fill out those cards, and then we're going to sing another song after that. Take up those cards along with our regular contribution. I want to remind you, if you're a guest here, if you're, you know, you're just a guest here, you're not under any obligation to put any money into play, okay? Uh, that, that's okay. Nobody's going to judge you for that. Um, if you're a member, I, I just pray you'll give generously because, you know, he keeps the doors open, you know. He takes care of some people here. And we're able to do God's work. Let's pray. Father, if we thank you for...